It can be complicated because we, we definitely want to see our buyers have success and get under contract, but we also want to make sure our buyers are making good, sound financial decisions. So we don't recommend that you waive inspections, but that is certainly their choice to do so. Um, as far as the appraisal goes, they don't have the choice whether to waive an appraisal or not. That's determined by the underwriting. But certainly we have been seeing cases where they are waiving appraisal contingency, which is something completely different. So basically what that means is uh, no matter the appraised value, we are going to pay X amount for this home. Welcome to the Community Conversation Podcast presented by Community America Credit Union. We have a compelling and impactful story to tell, and our goal with these conversations will never be to sell you something. We would rather have an important discussion with our very talented employees, leaders, members, community partners, and experts from a variety of industries and causes to help educate and inform you. Stay tuned at the end of the podcast for some important disclosures. Welcome back to the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. I'm your host, Justin Rickliffs, friend and partner of Community America Credit Union. And as promised, joined again by Jackie Reed. Uh, Jackie, who you remember from the last conversation, is the manager of branch and outbound mortgage sales um, expert of all things mortgage. <laughs> so, uh, Jackie, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, just maybe do a quick reset for, for the the members who listened to the first show, or if they didn't, give them a quick um, summary of what, what mortgage ground we covered last time. Yeah. So in our previous conversation, we went through the, the first part of the home buying journey from getting started, reviewing your budget, um, to getting pre-qualified and pre-approved, uh, to choosing your realtor and, and finally going under contract. So here we are getting, getting ready to talk about those next steps in the process. Yeah, that's right. So um, just again, as, as context setter, the, today we're going to hit round two of this uh, Home Buying 101 podcast series. So the home is likely one of the largest purchases that that our members will ever make in their life in the process at times can feel overwhelming. And, and during this podcast, our goal is to walk through the, the second half of the journey and what happens once that contract gets accepted and, and then how to prepare your home purchase for closing. So a lot of ground to cover. Jackie, thanks for joining again and setting the stage. So um, let's jump in. So Realtor helps us get contract accepted. We've got all the pre-approval pieces happen and we have a we have an accepted contract on our first home um the dream home right so what happens then then what it's it's celebration you alert your family everything's exciting but then what happens a lot happens (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so great question so uh, the first thing that should happen is um, your realtor should send your lender a copy of your purchase agreement and all the addendums uh, attached to that that will allow your loan advisor to finalize the loan setup and uh, discuss locking in your interest rate at that point Um, during the pre-qualification and pre-approval process a lot of times 
we're talking through several different loan scenarios, whether that's, you know, the same type of loan, but with different amounts of down payment, or sometimes we're comparing two different types of loan to see which one might be a better fit. So uh, this is uh, the moment where we will finalize that loan setup and decide, okay, um, you know, we're going to go with a 10% down payment option with monthly mortgage insurance at this rate at this term. Uh, Of course, changes can be made to that, but that just kind of gets the ball rolling with the rest of the mortgage paperwork. But that that is generally when the interest rate gets locked. Yes. Okay. Uh, interesting. Yeah, that might be a misconception that that some, including myself, may have had. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, what happens then, like in the home itself? What what begins to trigger with with the contract? Yeah. So during this time, you're also going to set up uh, the home inspections, yeah. and generally, your realtor is going to help you do that. Um, We recommend that you at least do a general home inspection, but there are any number of home inspections that you can have done. So if you have concerns about the foundation or the roof or the plumbing, you can order very targeted inspections for each of those areas of your home. Does that typically, I know know in such a seller's market, sometimes these these are even being negotiated differently, but is that typically the buyer's co- uh, responsibility? How much do those typically cost? Uh, what what are some maybe common either pitfalls or things to look out for? Yes. So um, these would be additional costs that a buyer would need to plan for. So these are not included in their closing costs for the actual mortgage. A general home inspection is typically going to run about three to $500. And then depending on if you want to do other types of inspections that can really range depending on the scope of the work. A common misconception that we see is where buyers think that the home inspection and the appraisal are the same. And those are two separate services. So your home inspection is there to determine the overall condition of the home, whereas the appraisal is there to determine the value of the home since it's collateral for the mortgage. Got it. So yeah, that makes that makes sense. And I think in this economy and environment, both of those have become really key pieces of the offer at times, where people are either saying, hey, I'm waiving inspections, or I'm um, going to offer above appraisal no matter what, like, how does that kind of land in the lenders? world? (laughs) (laughs) That's just, it's become an interesting part of the process. Yes, and it, it can be complicated because we, we definitely want to see our buyers have success and get under contract, but we also want to make sure our buyers are making good, sound financial decisions. So we don't recommend that you waive inspections, um, but that is certainly their choice to do so. Um, as far as the appraisal goes, um, they don't have the choice whether to waive an appraisal or not. That's determined by the underwriting and the type of loan that they're qualified for. But certainly we have been seeing um, cases where they are waiving appraisal contingency, which is something completely different. So basically what that means is uh, no matter the appraised value, we are going to pay X amount for this home. So Yeah, and, and I, that was well said. So let's assume there's a... Hopefully not, but let's assume in the inspection process, you mentioned roof, there's a roof issue. Um, is there a window of time? And I know it's all, all governed by the document, the contract, but generally speaking, how does the member navigate once there is an inspection and there's results of the inspection, then what happens? So once the member has completed all the inspections that they want to do, they have 
typically a window of 10 to 14 days to then go back to the sellers and uh, renegotiate the initial terms of the offer. And that can mean anything from asking from a, a for price reduction on the home um, or potentially asking the sellers to pay for some of their closing costs, knowing that they're going to have to come out of pocket on some things uh, after they get into the home. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, this is where the distinction you made in the previous podcast we chatted about, the diff, the distinction between homeowner's insurance and mortgage insur- insurance. Obviously, the mortgage ins- insurance at that point will already have been defined or not needed that's potentially um but the homeowner's insurance is a critical piece that happens once contracts are signed so who initiates that what what's that look like how do they go about getting homeowner's insurance yes so at this at this point they'll also start shopping for the homeowner's insurance and um this is a service that the member can shop for we we offer insurance here at the credit union, so highly recommend that you check us out. But um, we also recommend that if you don't have an insurance agent for any other need in your life, you can also check with family and friends um, to see who they're using. Um, there's a lot of great online resources there. But uh, the insurance, like we mentioned in the, in the first series, in our first conversation, that insures your home in case something were to happen to your home. So if a storm rolls through and you have a tree fall on your roof, um, you're going to pay uh, your deductible, and then the insurance is going to cover the rest to bring that roof back up to its former state or, or better. Yeah, love it. Um, how about another key piece that happens, and, and it's kind of this mysterious term, underwriting, right? Like there's, <laughs> It's like this uh, group of, um, you know, so, so, some intimidating group of folks who are scrutinizing every penny you've ever made or every credit card in, uh charge you've ever put on your card or, or, or whatever the case may be. I think from a member lens, maybe that concept could be potentially confusing or, or, or intimidating. So what happens in, you know, the big bucket of loan processing and underwriting? What begins to happen and what are those, what's that team looking for? What's their mission? What are they there to do? Yeah. So if I may, I would just like to back up a little bit um, just to kind of, uh, clarify the the whole process after contract. So we talked about uh, sending the contract to your lender, uh, finalizing the loan setup and locking your interest rate. At that same time, you're coordinating inspections. Um, But you're also going to make sure um, that you send all of your initial loan documents back to your lender. So once we have your contract, we finalize those loan uh, terms, we lock in your interest rate, we're going to send you your initial loan disclosures. And those include your federal and state-specific mortgage documents. Um, They also include a form called the loan, the official loan estimate. Um, so that'll include um, mm. all the terms that we finalized in our in our conversation. So, what's your loan amount? Uh, what's your estimated mortgage payment? What are your estimated closing costs? Your total cash to close. Um, once we receive all that paperwork back signed, um, and all of your income and asset documentation, if we haven't received that at that point, then we would move a member's file to our processing department. The processor is going to be the one to uh, order the title work on the home. They're going to coordinate with your insurance company to make sure we have the appropriate documents to set up your insurance and escrow. And then they will submit your file over to our underwriting department. So your processor is really the in-between between originations and underwriting. Got it. So they're going to take the file um, all the way to close. Uh, the underwriter's job is to verify that um, all of your documents match your application um, and that we do have uh, an approvable loan and a sellable loan. Great. Yeah, that's really helpful. So at, at no point in the journey is the 
member left to wonder who's doing what, right? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like um, it's it's very very orchestrated and and specific in in where originations, processing, underwriting, and all, all are there to serve and get the member to the clothesline, essentially. That's correct, yeah. And they will only, um, the member will only ever correspond with their loan officer and their processor. So they won't ever have any direct communication with underwriting. That's where the processor steps in. So a file typically goes to underwriting about two to three times uh, through the course of the process before we have that final approval. And if underwriting requests any additional documentation or information from the member, that's where the processor would step in and, and communicate that to the member to make sure we get get those items so we can get them to closing. That's great. Are there additional documents required for underwriting than were required for pre-qualification and pre-approval? Um, like, are, are there additional W-2s, tax returns, different things that maybe weren't required for the pre-approval? Or is it essentially kind of the clarification of what may uh, loose ends maybe need to get tied up? So the documents are typically the same. Sometimes there will be things that we need to update throughout the process. So maybe a bank statement may have expired or a pay stub may have expired uh, from the time that we did the initial pre-approval to the time that they're under contract. Um, There there may be some clarifications needed um, after we complete the pre-approval. But if they've gone through those initial steps of doing the full pre-approval, then that's that's pretty much all that we need for the, for the most part. I guess yeah. I can't say pretty much, but yeah. um, they've done most of the work up front. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, when uh, Are there other kind of fine points around credit clarification or asset verification? I mean, it sounds like that whole, uh, if I'm understanding you correctly, that underwriting process is that fine-tooth comb going through every little, hey, do we have the most update bank statements? Do we have the most up-to-date credit receipts like what what are are there any other maybe red flags or areas that that could potentially get the journey off track (laughs) yeah so some of the common pitfalls that we see um, are when members make large cash deposits uh, in the middle of the process so um, that's a big one where we would maybe have to go back and get documentation uh, on that um, even if they're not cash deposits per se, but they're large deposits that can't be sourced back to payroll. That's a big one. Um, If you apply for credit in the middle of the process, that credit inquiry wouldn't show on the initial credit report, but it will on the final credit comparison. We would have to get supporting documentation for those credit inquiries. Um, So those are the the big two that come to mind. That's awesome. So we talked earlier about the distinction between inspection and appraisal. I think we, we kind of touched on appraisal. We, we went deep on inspection. We kind of touched on appraisal. Let's go, let's go deep on the appraisal. So the appraisal is what? What's it function as in the process? And then help us understand what those fees typically look like, who's responsible for them. Uh, help, help us understand the deeper piece of what the appraisal is. So your lender will be the one to order the appraisal, whereas you will, in, in conjunction with your uh, real estate agent, you will be the one to order the inspections. But your lender will order the appraisal. The appraisal is there to determine the value of the home since the home itself is collateral for the loan. And uh, what will happen is uh, once you're through inspections, that's typically when we would order the appraisal. That cost is around $500 in the Kansas City metro area. 
if you're getting further out uh, in those more rural areas, the cost can increase significantly. But, you know, $500 is, is pretty average for this area. And the appraiser will go out to the home. Um, they'll take measurements, take pictures. And then from there, they're going to look for homes um, that are typically within a five-mile radius of that subject property. They're, lo- they're looking for homes that have sold recently um, in the last six to 12 months that are comparable to the home that you are buying. And then from there, they're going to make adjustments for the differences between those homes because, as we know, no two homes are 100% the same. Um, and that's how they arrive at the value of the home. Got it. And that value has to hold true to the loan is, is what I'm understanding. Has to hold true to the purchase yeah, price, to yes. the purchase price, yeah. Yeah, makes tons of sense. Um, okay, so we get through that piece. We understand, it, it, and assuming all goes well, um, at that point, we're ready to begin the close process. Is that accurate? Yes. So once we have the appraisal report in and it's it, it meets value and we've gone through underwriting two to three times, that's when we will get the final approval and underwriting and move your file to our closing department. And our closing department will work with the title company that you chose at the beginning of the process to, to close at. And the title company and the closer will work to balance those numbers and provide us with a final figure for your closing. That's awesome. At its most basic level, what is a title company? What is their role in the process? A title company is there to ensure that there are no outstanding liens on the property that would then be transferred to you once you own the house. To get a clean title from, yep, at at closing. Um, We've probably heard these terms or, or maybe even discussed them here a little bit. Jackie, how about preliminary closing disclosures? What is that? And why does that why does that matter, and, and when can the home buyer expect to see that piece of the process? Yeah, great question. So your preliminary closing disclosure is the document that your lender will send to you no later than three days prior to your closing date, and that will include all the pre- preliminary closing figures uh, for you to review prior to getting that final number. Got it. And when we know that final number, is that when we're ready to make the appointment to close, or, or what? what's kind of that, why does that final number matter so much? Yeah, so that final number matters so that you know exactly how much you have to bring to the table. Um, and, and typically, a home buyer is going to have to go get a cashier's check at their at their bank or credit union. Um, so they really need that final number so they can go get that final cashier's check. Title companies will only accept certified funds for closing. So a borrower is required to bring a cashier's check or wire the funds directly to the title company. That's great. So then we're we're at the big day. We've got the closing appointment set. We know the, the, the funds we need to bring specifically. What does that look like? And does it does it is it different today than it used to be? Is it, it we all show up at the same time and sign all the documents? Mm-hmm. Like what what it what does the closing uh, journey look like? Yeah. It is a magical moment. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's such a happy day. Um, it was always it's always the best part of of the process and and when i was a loan officer uh, i would try to attend as as many of my purchase closings as i possibly could because they just brought me so much joy um there's a lot of excitement in the air but 
basically, um, the member goes to the title company, um, and they will sit down with the escrow agent. And normally, your realtor will be present. Sometimes, your loan officer will be present. Um, and that's where the escrow agent at the title company will go through all of your closing documents that the lender requires, and then all of their title documents that the title company requires. And you'll go through them. Uh, they'll explain the documents, show you where to sign. They'll notarize. And uh, that's that's what they record. That's awesome. So, G- give us a rough idea, like number of papers. Like how many are we talking about? Oh here? gosh, probably 30 to 40 papers yeah, on yeah. the lender side. And then um, on the title side, probably around 10 to 15. So I don't know, 15 to six or sorry, 50 to 60 pages total. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's great. Um, what, what then happened? I mean, do you literally like, um, get the keys do you get the garage door openers do you does the is the home immediately in your name is the seller immediately gone like what's the (laughs) like practical how do you like then own the home what's that look like yeah so it so you do at, at the basic level you do have to wait for the lender to fund the loan and what that means is the title company has to scan all of the lender documents that are signed back to the lender and then our closing department verifies that they have all the correct signatures in the correct spots. Um, they also have to verify that um, the member brought their funds to close. That's an important piece of it. Um, so once they've verified those those two uh, two pieces and we, and we know that the seller has signed their portion of the documents, um, that's when the lender will issue funding and they'll release that to the title company. Um, from there, that's when the title company will typically contact the borrower and the and the borrower's agent to let them know lender has funded you can come pick up your keys that's awesome that's so fun uh, tell us more about those moments of the members who have walked and na- navigated this journey with you and your team's help uh, what are some of those conclusion moments some of those happy happy moments you, you mentioned the the joy and, and the the relief I'm sure to to a degree um, because it, it does have to be a very methodical intentional purpose and it's all with the the outcome of a, a wonderful moment for a family or a growing family or a individual or a retired family um, individual. So I know the stories are different, but I would love to maybe hear some of those moments that have mattered to you. Yeah. So I think the the one that comes to mind was the last closing I went to right before everything shut down with COVID. And it was a young couple and they had just had their first baby. And I met them and their real estate agent at the title company up in the Northland. And it was just, it was so much fun to hear about all their plans that they had for the home and to meet their their young son that would grow up in the home and um yeah it was just a a very very special moment and to see that excitement and at the end of the process we all took a picture together and um yeah it was just it it's those moments that really really make us come to work every day so it really makes our job very special that's great it's so great the, the, the moments in someone's life that they can, you know, we, we it's times called a post-it note, right? Where you, you know exactly where you were, what you felt, what you experienced. And that at t- what could be um, confusing or complicated, you and your team make very simple and clear and, and helpful. Um, and those, those payoffs are always the ones that are, that are worth it. How, any closing comments or tips, Jackie, as we try to 
um, land this specific plane on the ho- <laughs> on the home buying journey? Any specific tips or uh, resources or reminders for our members? Yeah, so just as a reminder, we do have a lot of resources available online um, on our Community America website, um, including the uh, the blog that we have, a lot of different articles on home buying and, and the process there. We also have several mortgage calculators. We have the rent versus purchase calculator and the mortgage aff- affordability calculator. And I think the other key takeaway for our members um, that we want to encourage them to do is just don't be afraid to to call us and talk to us about where you are in the process. Don't be afraid to ask questions. We all have to start from somewhere, and if that's scratch, that's okay. Um, you know, don't be afraid to stop in at the branch and, and have those conversations with with your mortgage advisor there. Um, and then if you're just wanting to get started and, and looking at budgeting, we, we have those resources at the branch and with our wealth management team as well. So. We have a lot of people here to help. That's great. That's great. You, you over the course of two conversations, have walked us through the Home Buying 101 journey, what that looks like, how members can initiate conversation, and, and ultimately have you and your team help them through to those joyful, happy life, big moments. So, Jackie, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. This podcast is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. This recording is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to replace the advice of a loan representative or financial advisor. The examples provided are for illustration purposes only and may not apply to your situation. Since every situation is different, we recommend speaking to a loan representative or financial advisor regarding your specific needs. All loans are subject to approval. You may also want to contact your tax advisor for additional tax implications. Any reference to third-party websites are provided for information purposes only and are not endorsed by Community America. Community America is an equal housing lender. Please visit communityamerica.com to learn more about how we can assist you in achieving your financial peace of mind.